You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, this is Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. Alex Bashera. And today we have with us our special guest, Matt Marin. Welcome, Matt. What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, Matt, you picked a movie that I uh, love that I feel like is not remembered as fondly or remembered at all anymore. So I was excited when you mentioned this movie. So Yeah, I picked They Live, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. I, um, it's, uh, so I grew up in the 90s, so I didn't like grow up watching 80s movies. So if I did watch 80s movies, it was like Rocky or Rambo, pretty yeah. much. Um, but I was a huge pro wrestling fan. So when I would look back, you know, I was Roddy Piper, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Did you know he was in a movie that's like a cult classic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, that's sure. I'll watch that. I watched They Live. I think I was like 12 or 13. So. Uh, I didn't understand the themes of materialism or yeah, any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I watched it again as an, ad- as an adult and like understand the message. But at the time, I just remembered, oh, Roddy Piper's cool and shoots people and yeah. says, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Yeah, no, it's, I, there's, that's what this movie has layers. You can yeah. watch it at many different levels. Yes. And also, when you just asked me, 80s movie, I'm like, a movie I know that uh, remember fondly has a pro wrestler with a mullet and it. it's as 80s as it gets. Yeah. So, so I'm, I mean, I'm not, I mean, obviously, you're, you were in the wrestling world. I was, a, I was, a wrestling fan for a while as a kid, but I, like, I stopped. I feel like my friends in college were talking about The Rock, and I had no idea who they were talking about. Yeah, I think most people have that. They watch as a kid and then get yeah. out of it. As but, you know, by then I was, I was over it, but definitely there was a, a window of time when I was really young. In the, I think it, wrestling was on, like, TV every Saturday. There was, like, a TV show. It was, show. like, Saturday morning cartoons back then. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, there, was, so there, was, there, was, there was a cartoon yeah. with, like, Captain Lou Albano and all those yeah, guys. Yeah, that too. But then there was also, I feel like it was, like, I was home from school, and there was a wrestling show, and they would just show matches. They would, yeah, every few months, they'd have a Saturday night's main event, which was, like, a yeah. build-up of the weekly episodes. It would superstars. They had a bunch of different ones, kind of, at the time. Yeah, and, and Piper yeah. was my favorite. I mean, I, you know, I'm always attracted to, like, the wise-ass, like, the guys with the mouth. And that guy, I mean, that guy is so funny, so charming that yeah. it, it, like, it, it made perfect sense. And people now are like, oh, look at The Rock. Of course, he's like this larger than life star. Yeah. But at that time period, it made perfect sense that like Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper would be huge stars. Yeah, it's a weird thing also because uh, so back then it was very much, uh, you know, even like superheroes and all Captain America, Superman were the popular superheroes. So it wasn't like the smart ass was the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the, true. The Rock was a smart ass. But in like the late 90s, to early 2000s, that kind of became the cool, edgy thing. Well, they originally yeah. wanted The Rock to be a heel. He was, yeah, he, he was, was a heel, heel, and he started getting cheered. He was well, too, actually, they were he, cheer- Well, go on. He yeah, originally yeah. came out as the superhero type, like '80s style Rocky Maivia with tassels and everything, and the crowd hated it. Yes. So then he, they're like, "All right, we need to make you a heel because, like, you know, the crowd is changing. They're not really into the hokey good guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he became this like bad guy heel who was kind of clever and funny, and then everyone's like, "Well, we kind of like this." So it's almost a reversal in like and, what the crowd reacted to right. as good or bad. Yeah. And the crowd started cheering when the lines were designed to be like invoke, like you know, 
yeah, invoke like, groans. Do you and smell stuff like what that. the Rock is cooking? That well, well, I mean, he Stone was... Cold Steve Austin's coming out and attacking women and drinking beer. And <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I miss all this, but I mean, it makes perfect sense. The Attitude Era. Yeah, that was the only uh, time I watched wrestling. That was where I grew up watching. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. so you they... went back yeah. and watched old wrestling. That's a bigger wrestling than well, you were. So <laughs> as I'm a just... kid, as a kid, not really. As a kid, I just kind of watched what I was watching. What was on? Yeah, and my parents actually banned me from watching wrestling because a kid like in my neighborhood or not in the news like died doing a move. Wait, my my mom was all fucking. She heard this same news story for sure. Yeah, there was like kids trying. It's my parents' band, and also I was kind of like I was. I, I definitely would have done it and done something dangerous. Well, we used to play wrestling. Sure, yeah. who didn't? Yeah, and um, so I remember I ended up I wasn't watching anymore, and I started doing. I was in a judo class, and one of my oh, friends wow. from there was doing amateur wrestling, mm. and I, I took judo because I would watch WWE and Taz on TV was a judo black belt. So oh when yeah, my after school program offered it. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be like Taz and take judo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I started doing like Greco-Roman wrestling and amateur wrestling, but I okay. thought I hid it from my parents because I thought I wasn't allowed to wrestle, and they had banned me from watching because oh, they didn't wow. want me to do it. So I thought I couldn't tell them I was doing this, and I went there and there's all these mats, and I'm like, "Where's the steel chairs in the ring?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like me with like skateboarding yeah. and snowboarding. Like I hid yeah. the fact that I broke my wrist snowboarding. From oh yeah, my I had injuries. I had a broken finger. I wore batting gloves because I was in little league baseball at the time, and I told my parents I just feel comfortable wearing batting gloves around the yeah. house because I didn't want it to see my broken finger. <laughs> I, I broke my wrist snowboarding, and I didn't. I was my dad was actually uh, teaching me how to drive at the time. Yeah, and we had the automatic like on the column where you had to pull it towards oh. you and go up. And yeah. I'm, he's sitting next to me, and I'm screaming on the inside and like yeah. not letting him know because yep. I knew that if I if I told him that was it, I wasn't going to be able to snowboard yeah. and skateboard anymore. Yeah, and I didn't even get injured that much when I was – I mean, I was just injured all the time. I, mean, I was a skinny Jewish kid with asthma who wanted to be an athlete. I was going to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But yeah, then um, – uh, my high school social studies teacher, my freshman year, was a WWE wrestler. Like what? He, he wasn't wrestling at the time. Matt Stryker. Oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah. He was my. Wait, this is your teacher. He was my ninth grade social studies teacher, and, and he shit. became a WWE. So he star? was wrestling at the time, and we knew. And I had done amateur <laughs> wrestling, and at this point, I had the mindset that most amateur wrestlers have is like we do the real stuff. That stuff I watched right. as a kid, and it's yeah. fake. Right. So, so you loved this so, guy. I mean, he no? was super cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I didn't like. If any, it was a cool thing. He was a wrestler, but yeah. we would make fun of it as the kids. Oh, really? Like he was wrestling on the independent scene at the time, and Which, he was like yeah. once on SmackDown and tapped out to oh, Kurt Angle, wow. and we all made fun of him tapping out to Kurt Angle the next day in school. And he was just telling us, "He's like, it's not real." <laughs> yeah. you, you grew up in Queens, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm from Jersey, New York. We're all like yeah. this. I think this part of the country too. Yeah, like we had that that connection with. I mean, because we're also With what? like wrestling. Well, but wrestling, but also like pop culture being close by. Like New York City is like a very real. You thing. may, I guess, it's not like L.A. where like the person no. sitting next to you in a coffee shop has a screenplay, but we yeah. all probably know someone who knows someone who's yeah. done something. Yeah, right. Like that's, yeah. Jews. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I hear you. Not the but, yeah. That summer. Well, that, that like February break, the President's Day week. Uh, Matt Stryker. He was Mr. K <laughs> for Mr. us. K. But he uh, he didn't come back afterwards. And uh, at the end of the break, there was like two days of having a sub. And then like the dean came in and told us that. Uh, he wasn't coming back and he wasn't going to be our teacher the rest of the year. And then I ended up seeing the story like in the news that he was wrestling in Japan and used sick days instead of personal days or something. Uh... He got fired for it and he was on Good Morning America that summer. My parents were telling me about it. And then WWE heard the story and hired him. Wow. And so my par- I started watching to watch my teacher. My parents said – I remember my dad saying at the time, I trust you to start – I got into it. I watched the episode. Yeah. And I liked the whole show. 
And um, I was like, I remember this as a kid. Why did I stop watching? This is fun. And my okay. dad said he would let me watch it because he figured I was smart enough I wouldn't try any of that stuff. <laughs> like, fast forward two years, I'm with my, one of my amateur wrestling buddies at these pro shows, skipping high school prom to have my first pro match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a mistake he made. <laughs> yeah. And then throughout college, I was on the road doing these shows. But so once I got back That's into amazing, it dude. as a teenager watching it is when I really got into watching old wrestling. Gotcha. And when I started wanting to do it. I was like looking at old wrestlers, like I would watch Roddy Piper. I got, mm-hmm. I had a DVD set. It was World Class Championship Wrestling, a Texas company. Yeah, and there was a guy Gino Hernandez who, like, it was the, back then the wrestling in the eighties, especially was very territorial. So there'd be the Texas right. wrestling company, and in yeah. New York, you never heard of them. Yeah, sure. WWE was the New York and Northeast place, and they kind of took over eventually nationally yeah. and internationally. So I would watch these old tapes, and I'm just starting out in wrestling. I have no idea what to do. So I would just, like, imitate Gino Hernandez, and no one knows who I'm ripping off. Yeah. Because it's someone who nobody's heard of. Well, it's funny because, I mean, again, yeah. I, remember, I remember on TV, it was like, you would see the match, and every you know every match was like, the guy, you thought the guy was pinned, and then he would get up, and then he'd slap the guy, and then, he, you know, the good guy would win. Yeah. And then, but then there were magazines at the time. Yeah. And I would go to the pharmacy, and I would, like, look through the magazines, because I didn't have money to buy magazines. And these wrestling magazines, it was like guys covered in blood, yeah, like getting hit. And I'm Wait, like, what? really? Yeah, it was oh, like wow. it's weird because it was like the difference between like like watching like Cinemax and like hardcore porn. It was like <laughs> they, it was like really yeah. like well, the, there's different wrestling companies kind of would do diff- down in like Memphis and that um, in the Memphis wrestling territory they did more like hardcore stuff. Like there was a company, in Phil- yeah, there was yeah. a company in Philadelphia. I mean, when I was wrestling on the independent circuit. I would do – there was a sh- shows outside of Philadelphia where their thing was they would have these – they'd call them death matches where people just go through barbed wire, thumbtacks, steel oh, yeah. chairs. Jesus fl- Christ. Hit each other with fluorescent light bulbs over their head. And you were really doing that stuff. Um, you do it in safe – I never did a lot of it because they knew I had a legitimate wrestling background. So I came right. in as the bad guy who you was like sc- – I was scolding all the fans for enjoying this barbaric form of entertainment. Hey, that's a good yeah. angle. Yeah. That's a good angle. <laughs> and uh, and uh, a guy would come out with a steel chair and I would leave and get for- and forfeit the match because I refused to participate. Right, and they would yeah, all yeah. boo me. You were like, for a, leaving. like a conservative, yeah. like a exactly. stickler for the rules. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, different companies would have different, but they would really do it like you're doing it in ways you won't get seriously injured, but they don't not hurt. Right. Yeah. Like steel chair. If you want to hit, if you want to really, if you're attacking someone with a steel chair, turn to sideways and jam him in the face with it. Don't hit him flat across the back. Right. That's right. a way that it makes a loud sound and it does hurt, but it's not going to actually injure you. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny you said about um, like with the heels and the good guys in that time period because one of the running themes in this podcast is I, I like the regular like 80s good guy like to me Rambo's yeah. a good guy and I don't want to hear anything about it Hulk Hogan telling everyone say your prayers eat your vitamins if yeah, you said yeah. that if you said that to Stone Cold in the 90s they'd hate you but Kurt a, Angle did that Kurt Angle was the that, Olympic gold medalist that's oh, yeah. so true. and he came that's out and told everyone to drink their milk and everyone booed him because Stone, like Stone Cold drinking beer so, so even, <laughs> it, even with superheroes like I love like the Christopher Reeve yeah. Superman movies it's Ernest he's the good guy there's no yeah. there's, there's a little like darkness like oh is he gonna is he gonna go bad and you know that he's always gonna end up being yeah. the good guy and with wrestling too it's like it's funny because I feel like in the movies in this time period, it was the B movies where the lead guy would be like the cynical guy. Yeah. So this is like Roddy Piper is the perfect yeah. like B movie lead actor that's for this kind of movie. Why they became cult classics later on yeah. is because kind of people were attracted to a flawed hero more yeah. than the be- because yeah. so this is this is a John Carpenter movie. John Carpenter, uh, you know. Halloween we're talking about Big Trouble in Little China which we already did and he and uh, he did a lot of movies with Kurt Russell yeah but Kurt Russell is like this sunny like 
yeah. like great like movie star. And it's and it's funny because I feel like people were always like, oh, why didn't Kurt Russell do They Live? Because Piper kind of looks like him. Yeah, and they have like, yeah, it's a I similar could, energy. But I can like, understand why people. But like that. Piper is a little darker, a little bit more cynical. You could see yeah. like the world has kind of beat him up a little bit more, yeah. which is actually perfect for this movie. Like yeah. Kurt Russell may, maybe wouldn't have worked. Well, yeah, because 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 he starts off basically homeless yeah, in this movie, bomb, yeah. a, which they don't really explain, which I didn't like. Like, why was his, he homeless? We don't know his past. Yeah, at all. No, but see, I, I mean, he just is homeless. But I but I like that you just kind of jump in. You don't know who this guy. His name is Nada, which means nothing in Spanish. Like, it's I think it's uh, there's a point. Yeah, we got it. Too no, but I'm, not, no, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry if you can't tell. I didn't really enjoy. I enjoyed some of some of this movie, but but uh, it was a little oh. On the nose. That's what I'll say about They Live. What do you mean? The entire message and and just everything, all the imagery, everything they did was just like, here's what the movie's about. Here's exactly, you know, why you should be on this guy's side. And, you know. Yeah, it's not the. When he puts the the glasses on and it says obey. Like, it's like, okay, we get it. Well, yeah, the messages are really kind of. I get that that's the point. And I get that also it was different to be cynical in the 80s. Like now it's like way more like everyone's doing it versus yeah. maybe that was like more of a unique take back then. Well, back then they were like worried about Big Brother and now we 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 are Big Brother. We're doing it to ourselves. We've accepted that it's happened. Yeah, yeah we're, we're yeah. doing it to ourselves. We, we yeah. can't wait to give away our information and, and, you know, have the media know where we are at all times. I make jokes about it, how my Facebook page is all advertisement for beef jerky, muscle milk, and sleeveless t-shirts. And I wonder, <laughs> and I wonder how that happened. <laughs> That's fun. Sleeveless t-shirts. I like that. Uh, yeah, like, like buy in bulk or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like literally like ads from Target and it's just like a lineup of muscle tees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so, I mean, this is not the deepest movie, but it's a really enjoyable movie and as a, as a genre film it's yeah. fucking great like, it was one of the, probably deep for 1989 yeah, one of the great fights of all time yeah I, and like just one that it yes. just doesn't stop <laughs> just like it doesn't it goes stop on and on and on that is it's the fight with him and the black guy yeah keith are, david yeah okay all right so wait i know we're jumping around here so maybe you want to do you want to just like explain because not everyone that's listening to this i'm sure most people movie. have not seen it so 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 let's so, he's homeless so roddy piper's a drifter comes yeah. into town gets a job working construction makes friends with Keith David who's another construction worker and he stumbles upon the, um, this sort of like what seems like a cult it seems like a like a, like a storefront church right and there uh, it turns There's out weird transmissions yeah, that are interrupting television broadcasts yeah so they're trying and, to break into like TV broadcasts and these transmissions are kind of saying like you're, you're being manipulated right. don't listen to what you're being told right and then there are these, these sunglasses and when you put the sunglasses on you can see that a large percentage of the population is actually these aliens that only look like humans. And you see things uh, like billboards, and you see like what they're actually telling you. Yeah. Right. Instead of seeing a billboard uh, for Old Navy, you're seeing it. You put the glass on, and it just says consume. Yeah, yeah. right. And so Keith yeah. David, very anti advertising So when Roddy movie. Piper yeah. tells uh, Keith David about this, he doesn't want. He's like, I don't want to know. I just I want to live my life, and I don't want to be bothered. So he has to beat him up to get him to put the sunglasses on. So the fight is just him. If Keith David would just be like, all right, let me put on the glasses for. 30 seconds yeah. there wouldn't have been a 10 minute fight scene in yes. this movie but the fight is so amazing that it's you imagine being that dedicated to not wanting to put on some pair of sunglasses yeah, that yeah. you'll fight that, for 10 see, minutes this is, this is the problem with the fight scene <laughs> I just didn't buy why either of them were just going by the way truly crazy i mean it was an ape shit fight like yeah. they were there at one point he's swinging, in an alley he's like, in and out he's swinging like a like a two by four metal two by four at him and then he and he breaks it up uh, what his car's windshield it's just like yeah. a whole throwing it, garbage cans at each other yeah yeah and, and i just didn't buy that like 
okay, just put the sunglasses on, man. Or why do you care if he puts the sunglasses on so much, man? Like it, on both directions. Well, it, like now that I think about it, it's like you need a fight. You can't have Roddy Piper start in a movie and I not get have it. a fight. I, no, I get and, it. But he doesn't like fight any of the bad guys. You know what I mean? There's he no just like shoots them. There, yeah. I guess I guess John Carpenter couldn't think of a way for to have him like fight an alien. So he's like, I, I gotta have a fight scene in this movie somehow. Maybe, maybe it's also because if you go up watching pro wrestling, I think you suspend your disbelief a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I once I once saw a WrestleMania match that started when one wrestler peed in the other one's coffee, and they decided that they had to have a match over this. Oh, really? There was also one uh, where one guy got a sponsorship from a Japanese shampoo company, and Edge was jealous of Booker T for it, or the other way around, and then they fought at WrestleMania. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. So yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, I've seen. <laughs> I can. I can see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. It's fair, and it is a pretty epic fight scene. I mean, if you're into that, it's definitely Keith David. He, Keith David is actually a great actor. He did uh, the thing with John Carpenter. He's got a great voice. Well, he's uh, he is the voice of a lot of stuff. Yeah, where have I heard his voice before? Ev- everywhere. Oh my god, what a fucking voice that guy! I want to look it up real fast. He does. He does a lot of documentaries. Does Keith David? Does? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We and, should pull um, up his voice. Well, he was he was Cameron it. Diaz's dad, and there's something about Mary. And then, um, but he's done a ton of voiceover stuff, and he's like he does documentaries and a ton of commercials. Yeah, like he's the he's the voice of like every other commercial. It is also interesting, I guess, for you, Peter, because you grew up watching Roddy Piper. Like to see that wrestling character and then just see him like as a normal guy was a weird thing. So I definitely, I definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm sure every kid has this. Like it was hard for me to uh, separate the actor from the character. So I just when I saw somebody in a movie, I I thought they were that guy. Well, yeah, you'll feel that with different movies. So also. it was weird. I could never see Rob Schneider in anything and not think of Deuce Bigelow. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that was a weird. Like I, I remember uh, watching. La, so I don't know why this movie sticks out for me, but like La Bamba. Did you ever see La Bamba? No. So La no. Bamba was like a big. So uh, Richie Richie Valens was a singer in the fifties. He had like two hit songs, but he died. He died in the same plane that killed Buddy Holly. Yeah. So La Bamba is like his story. He's like 17. He's, you know, a Mexican kid in in, in uh, L.A. And he becomes a, a hit uh, That's what if I, if I die, I don't want it to be with someone more famous than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so the worst. Yeah, that's the so I, I think it was like the Big Bopper, Buddy Holly, and Richie Valens were on that plane. And Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on the plane. And actually, they couldn't fit him on the plane. So he ended up surviving yeah. that. But – um. I remember watching the movie La Bamba, and it's uh, Lou, Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's so weird that they have an actor that looks exactly like the singer. Like, I didn't understand that they just they just picked an actor and put him in the movie. Like, I thought that was the the guy. That, and I was like, oh, okay, oh I thought it was like yeah. weird. They're like, oh, that, that that guy looks exactly like the real guy. Like, I couldn't. You just like, saw the movie and assumed, I guess that's the yeah. guy is Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, my, my like, yeah. child brain couldn't make sense of it. So, like, so the fact that like a wrestler could even be in a movie didn't even yeah. make sense at the point where I saw this. Yeah, Hulk movie. Hogan, like, he was in, Hulk Hogan was in Rocky Three. Those were like the first time wrestlers were. Andre the Giant was in Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think in the 80s, wrestling got so big that you started having a couple of those. And that, like, paved the way for people like The Rock and now Batista. Yeah, and when Hogan and was John in John Cena. John Cena. Hogan too, had yeah. a, a No Holds Barred. Yeah. Which was like a movie that he saw. I think I saw that in the, in the theater opening. Don't week. have a Merry Christmas, have a No Holds Barred Christmas. <laughs> I've never seen the movie. I've just seen the advertisement. Oh, really? See, I don't even remember that. I've just that. seen the trailer for it, and they said that, and I was like, who actually saw that and watched it? Yeah, but I, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I, I was opening weekend, I was there. Uh, a lot of these movies I saw opening weekend. I found some voiceover uh, compilation for Keith David. Just listen to this guy's voice. It's so good. All right, let's see. Wait. Oh, he's been in a bunch of video games. Wonderland has grown stranger. I'm stranger. You're stranger. 
Together we are strangers. What a voice. <laughs> Let me drop something on you. Back in L.A., they came to me and asked, what do you think of David Boreanaz for Bo? They came to you for that. I was shocked, too. Little Kryptonian. So proud I think it's all these anim powers. animated shows Did that I remember him from. Just his voice. I recognized it immediately when I was watching this movie. A world with a red sun. Bold words. But know you that my daughter is a rare jewel. She cannot be wooed by just any ragamuffin prince. All right, one more. Establishing patterns of movement took all summer. But last night, we had confirmation. The Spider-Man is real. <laughs> All right, that and that guy's voice is he's a, perfect. This, he's a real actor. I'm wondering what he's thinking about, like playing like second fiddle to a wrestler who's never acted before in this movie. But like the two of them together are, are great in this movie. Yeah, well, well I've I heard love- um, I've heard wrestlers say kind of pro wrestling is basically like show business boot camp because oh, you're for kind sure. of doing, yeah. Yeah. and it's also it's live entertainment. Yeah, not and not that it's not professional in any way, but it's yeah. like when you go to like legitimate movie sets, all of a sudden you like you realize, oh, I've been doing this like the harder way for right, so right. long. Yeah. Yes, yeah, like absolutely. a pro wrestling. You don't find out what you're doing until like a few hours before the show when yeah. you get there. Maybe if it's something more elaborate, you can plan it out a few weeks in advance. But like you get to the show and then they're like, all right, here's what you're doing tonight. Well, that's I mean, that's the difference between people who are just like pros and easy to work with versus like the real prima donnas. Like yeah, sometimes heard, yeah. sometimes you just you go in, you got to do the thing. It's not about how you yep. feel. I've generally not... heard pro wrestlers uh, when they're on movie sets are like the least prima donna people because uh, they've also well, the ones who did like the independent circuit. But when one WWE, you're like driving yourself 300 miles to yeah. the shows. And if you're on the independent circuit, it's like. Yeah, I was wrestling for like three kids at a carnival one time. Yeah, it's like being an up and coming comic. You got you can't have any vanity about it. You just got to do the work for, and yeah. hope for things to come yeah. through. But um, yeah, and and he's he's very not showy in this movie. I like that yeah. he's like very subdued, and he's not pl- he's not playing Rowdy Roddy Piper in this movie. Yeah, he's, pl- he's playing a guy who's. He's probably drawing on his early days of wrestling when he was beaten down and life wasn't so great and, yeah. you know, driving 300 miles to do a gig yeah. for a couple of Well, there's of also, I mean, you know, well, back then the characters were a lot more defined and ridiculous almost, where now it's almost like we want to see a real guy yeah. who, like, we can relate to. Back then, like, the most subdued guy was Jake the Snake Roberts, which, yeah. by, which is still pretty ridiculous. But he was the guy who, he wouldn't scream in his interviews. He would just talk calmly and just look in the camera. Oh, just, yeah, I never was, thought about that. Yeah, but that's true. Very, yeah, but, like, everyone else was screaming, I'm going to kick your ass. He was just like, let me explain what I'm going to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember the one t- when uh, somebody was, uh, I, I remember Jake the Snake uh, somebody went up to a woman in the in the audience, yeah, and she's like, "I'm with a wrestler," and he's like, "Oh yeah, baby, who are you with?" Oh, she's it was like, Rick she's wife. like yeah. Jake the Snake. Oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like it was like in between yeah. matches, yeah. And then he comes running. He's like wearing his jeans. Like they made it like he was like taking a shower and he heard yeah. that something was going on. Well, that was I. Rem- I remember that vaguely. It was ravishing. Rick Rude would always call women in from the crowd, and he would like kiss them in the middle of the ring, and oh, uh, yeah. and he would he would always come out and he'd like come out in the robe and say, uh, "I want all of you to st- shut up, sit down, and take a look at what a real man looks like," and slowly disrobe. And he'd like have his opponents like spray painted. He had he went to Jake the Snake. Roberts and he had his opponent's uh, Jake the Snake Roberts' wife spray painted on his wrestling tights, and he like went up to her in the crowd and she said she was Jake the Snake and he was like taunting and yeah. Jake comes running out because he seems like he's gonna try and kiss her or steal her away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It was awesome. I love man. It was so much fun. It's a little homoerotic, but it's love being it's fun being <laughs> yeah. like just a in- kid and just being entertained by yeah, and just being innocent about it. Oh exactly. yeah, of course. And even with it, like these movies again, again, it's like a running theme in this podcast is like seeing these movies as a kid. Like it just the, just getting lost, not thinking about it, like well, actually, the message of the movie is pretty cheesy. And, All right, yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, I watched it as a kid and didn't know what, didn't really get the message. Yeah, right. and, well, it was, so it's funny. So so uh, Carpenter. You know, California, like, I think he went to USC, independent filmmaker, does Halloween, was, like, maybe the most successful independent film at that time. Mm-hmm. And then he had this, like, great run in Didn't the 80s. did Rocky come out before Halloween? Or did, um, did, does Rocky count The original Rocky? Well, uh, yeah. Rocky is not, I mean, yeah, yeah, Rocky... Yeah. Would that count as an independent film? No, I mean, okay. that's more... The, the story there is that he wrote the script and, and got it made, but this is, like, literally, like, Halloween is, like, bare bones. They made it for, yeah. like... Couple hundred thousand dollars, like okay. came out of nowhere. Just Halloween and Clerks. Uh, yeah, well, Clerks <laughs> later. But um, yeah, so Carpenter. But I feel like Carpenter never really gets the respect that he deserves in this. Country. He's seen as like this like trashy like genre. Well, director and but I but I love those movies. I, John Carpenter is one of my favorite directors. Okay, like I put him up pretty high on my Halloween list. Halloween is such a different style of, uh, compared to Big Trouble in Little China and. Uh, and they live well. So, I, like, they live in Big Trouble in Little China are very like okay. The same guy made this movie. Yeah, like, well, I they so that. those are but those are darker. More these are these are more. He's now at this point. He's also kind of making fun of himself a little bit. Like the com. There's more comedy in these. They live and do you think Big there's trouble? intentional co- comedy in they live? Um. Yeah. No. Think that, so? dude, look at the, how the movie ends. I laughed so much in yeah. this movie, but I, I yeah. wasn't sure if it was intentional. The movie really... ends on a joke. The movie, hey baby, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it, I think it's definitely the comedy is intentional in this. Okay, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I um, I was, t- I was telling Alice before. Yeah. So well, I had watched it again recently because I did a show that was like a live screening of the movie They Live. Oh no shit! And they had me come in because I was a former wrestler, and they would do like skit, like a little like skit or perform every twenty minutes. They would pause the movie. So it was like a comedy show while you're watching the movie. Yeah. One of the things was they had me, the former wrestler, come up and read alternate lines. That Roddy Piper could have said instead of I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Yeah. So it was like I came here to kick ass and cure my cat's leukemia and my cat <laughs> and my cat's dead. <laughs> so so I sat there and watched the movie with a crowd of forty fifty people and yeah. they're laughing during the fight scene during a lot of it. And so I guess if I'm watching it on my own, I might think this is a little weird. But if I'm watching it, everyone's laughing. It's like and John Carpenter had directed Halloween and other stuff before this. I don't think he. Did that without knowing it was going to yeah. be funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that that definitely makes it more. You know, uh, I enjoyed it. I definitely had a good time watching this, and I was laughing a lot. And and if I guess you know, yeah, I, I agree. It must. Be I think like he, it must he, be intense. He had yeah. to like fight to get where he was. So he he made these like really spare bare bones. Like there's, he made uh, the original Assault on Precinct. Is it thirteen? I never remember yeah. what number it is. Yeah. That movie is like super bare bones and really cheap, but it's such a like perfect like genre film. It's like literally like a bunch of guys hold up in a police precinct and a gang is trying to kill them. Like that's the whole movie is them trying to survive the night while the gang is trying to – and it's like that stuff he, – he did that stuff so well. And Halloween is very simple. It's a you know, this guy with Halloween's a knife. A masterpiece. The way it's yeah. shot, the, he, does, he does a lot of the music. The music is So perfect. John Carpenter did yeah. most of the music in, in most of his movies. He does the scores. And the, mu- the music is amazing. It's so, so iconic. By the time he gets to like They Live – 
He's made some money. He has a reputation. I think he's having more fun. Okay. Yeah. You know what that I mean? That makes sense. But then also... So yeah, he, he got a, a professional a, wrestler. And to do a movie with like a message like that, generally that's something you do once you're like, I'm doing this for me. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. funny. So yeah. he, he's like best friends with Kurt Russell. They did four movies together. But Kurt Russell is very conservative and John Carpenter is very liberal. Yeah. And I and I, I heard John Carpenter say, he goes, I, I love Kurt Russell, but he's to the right of Attila the Hun. And I love that line. I think I put that in my Facebook profile one time and somebody, some other like actor guy was like um can we talk about your description on your facebook are you concerned like you know like (laughs) i'm like they were concerned yeah they were concerned because they were like in the theater i love um, i love those kind of people that really care like yeah yeah. um i'm 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 worried about how you feel about the environment but you on the show because like i heard you make a comment about climate change and people are people are upset um (laughs) So so he didn't I mean Kurt Russell didn't do this movie but like obviously the politics are so on the nose. Oh yeah yeah. And and Carpenter always says he's like oh I'm you know I'm I'm talking about the Reagan era and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's it's funny like I mean who controls the media? It's all the liberal. Like it's it's so funny that well, he now, thinks, yeah for sure. He thinks he's like a liberal. This is about to get real anti-Semitic, isn't it? No. no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, who controls the media? No. <laughs> the Jews. No, no, no. I don't, well, I, obviously. I don't think that I don't think that's true and if I said that I'd have to come on here and the Jews would make me say that it wasn't true. So yeah. obviously it's you not true. You got some of your friends messaging you saying so I heard you make a comment Peter yeah. and I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> If you if you ever say that the Jews control the media, the Jews will make you go back on TV and say that the, it's not true. So yeah. obviously, <laughs> no, no. But like literally, like I mean, me, all the media stuff today, it's like all these messages of like consumer and everything. It's not it's not coming from like country club Republicans. No, it's coming, no, yeah. Like the New York Times, New York Magazine, and, Facebook, and all entertainment. Stuff. Yeah, all the entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just so, stuff as simple as advertising. It's yep. like I'm sure there's like CEOs who like advertise who are maybe not outwardly with their conservative beliefs because they don't want to get. In trouble but yeah. i'm sure there's plenty of people who are like uh you'll hear all the time there'll be something like the ll bean person ceos are conservative i think there's so many more ceos well, he, that, that guy's are, a psycho i think there's so many more ceos that are conservative than we know about that yeah. just not open but, about it but corporations tend to they want to respond to whatever they can do to make more money so if they feel yeah. like yeah I, I agree with peter ceos you have a good point matt that a lot of them are conservative but i don't think ceos are the people directly choosing like what the message is yeah. Like are, that are displayed. Right. Well, I just mean yeah. as far as as as, um, as far as like political messages, I agree. But yeah. It, it's yeah. something like uh, advertising and uh, taking advantage of consume, like the stuff in they yeah. Live, yeah. yeah. I think that's a universal thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's not yeah. really political. Oh, I, I agree. And, actually, and, I, and, I, it's, and it's also very like it has a hint of anti-capitalism, which is sort of a liberal socialist sentiment. So I get where. Yeah. But where I think listen, I'm from. very much a capitalist, but I also think that we don't all have to buy all of the shit all of the time. Do you know what I mean? Like I think a lot of yeah. I think right. Well, that's think, the problem with capitalism. I think. Well, but I think a lot of I think a lot of the problems. I, I think I think everybody's sort of on edge right now, and it's like you know I need I need a new phone. I need I you know they changed my email. Yeah. Like everything, it's you yeah. can't just yeah. get be settled in anything. Yeah, and I think the way to just be like relaxed and not be anxious is actually to to disengage. And like not buy all of the stuff yeah. and not constantly need a new technology and not have to see every new movie and not have to be on. You know what I mean? It's it's actually it's living. Like a, it's choosing to say no to stuff. Yeah, it seems for your like, own yeah, sanity. It does seem like there is a part of the world that was probably getting more popular in the late 80s. And now it's just kind of we accept that it's there where yeah. literally the goal of anyone and anything is how do I get people to give me their money? 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, or pat- yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the goal of everything is just make money to the point where, like, especially in stand-up or comedy or anything artistic, it's almost like it doesn't matter if what you did is good. What you did is good or not if it makes more money. Yeah. That's it's, how they determine but, but what's it's the line between art and commerce, and yeah. no one's ever sure where it really is. But in the 80s, we were still ma- – like, in the 80s, the argument, you know, versus the left versus, versus right was, like, do we bail out Chrysler so that they can keep making cars in the U.S.? Yeah. And now it's, like – you know, Amazon doesn't make anything. Like fam- Facebook does. Like they don't make a product. It's yeah. it's information, and it's the well. Amazon. Of- that's about Amazon. Does they? You know, they have an, a virtual web store. But I'm not saying they yeah, make something. But you know, you don't have Facebook. Doesn't you don't have you don't have blue collar Amazon towns where people no, are like no. you know you know my dad worked for Amazon and now I work for Amazon. Yeah, and sure. I'm yeah. waiting for my pension to come in. Like it's a different yeah. dynamic. Of course. When when you watch these '80s movies too, it's like guys you know guys working it. The auto, the assembly line, and that kind of stuff. Like those. So it's. I mean, not to get all. I don't even. I don't even know if we're qualified for this conversation. But it's like the conversation used to be. Like, it was like labor versus mm-hmm. ownership. Yeah. So it was the union auto workers fighting with their bosses. Yeah. But they were all making cars. They were yeah, just. Yeah, they yeah. were just fighting over who gets to di- how they divvy up the pie. Yeah. And now it's like we're not even making cars anymore. It's like. We're fighting over, you know, can I get how to ad- distribute the cars? Yeah, I want. I want to be the. I want to be the guy who gets advertising for my podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah, so right. I, I want to be General Motors yeah. in my in my own little way. No, yeah. but you're, you're right, Matt. Like when you said, um, do you think that's gone away? Like in in art in comedy, like with with. Uh, it Not matters it, more who, how much money someone's making versus how funny someone is. I don't think it's ever gone away. I just think it's uh, you know in pro wrestling also that's like it's if you draw money that's how you're most successful and right. that's always going to be there. Yeah. But there's also and especially in a world with uh, Netflix and all these different streaming places you can just go on YouTube. YouTube. That yeah. you may you don't you may not be you can be uh, have a career and be famous in your own way. More so now than ever before, without being mainstream. Well, we yeah, we've talked about this before. More yeah. people are famous now than ever before, which is, I think, a good thing. There, and yeah, me too. And there's also no one as famous as there were yes, years we, ago. Yeah. There's no yeah. like, yep, yep. There's like Jennifer Lawrence. She's the most famous movie star. Go down the street. Most people couldn't name more than five of her movies. I have compare Jennifer Lawrence to Lucille Ball. To yeah, exactly. Like everyone yeah. knew to every Jennifer Lucy. Lopez in the nineties. Even that, like, yeah. like like just a, just someone who was you know a few songs. Yeah. Like, so now someone who maybe would have been a cult favorite 20 30 years ago now can have a legitimate can have career. their own audience yeah. and, and a sustainable it's, career. yeah there's no mass culture anymore there's no yeah. there's no things well, there that is. everybody knows even so we did we did uh not to brag but we did compound media uh the other day <laughs> we did uh, we yeah, did the yeah. morning show with bill show was so much fun yeah. thanks bill and, uh, he, he came out and we did lethal weapon with him nice. on the podcast yeah. and then we he had us on the show and so I was with my family, and I'm trying to explain to them what I'm doing. What compound media? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, it's it's sort of a radio show, but it's yeah. like a TV, but it's like a pot. I don't know. I, I can't, like try uh, and tell people about Gas Digital or that there's a podcast yeah, exactly same thing. Like, yeah. You know, like actual thousands of people are going to listen yeah. and watch this. <laughs> it was somebody I saw a friend of mine put something on Facebook that they were on a on a TV show. I think they were going to be on Billions, and somebody oh, wow. com- somebody big. commented like, "Oh, how do I?" find that i'm like no that, that was not a question that people used to ask <laughs> yeah oh you're on tv how yeah. do how do i find this Where TV? Is TV? Yeah. <laughs> or there are people who have been on tv who are less famous than people who've never been on tv yeah absolutely for sure, for sure. Like, especially like with uh, comedians with late night sets yeah i know a lot of people that have done late night and 
they're other still people at the same show as me the next week. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, absolutely. absolutely. And also, I know other guys that have popular podcasts that have never been on TV, probably never will be on TV, but make more money and have a hu- way yeah. bigger audience than someone who's been on late night five yeah. six times. The way I, like the way I describe so very it different. to Squares yeah. when they're like, "What are you doing exactly?" and "How does this work?" I'm like, "It used to be. I, I feel like it used to be harder but clearer what the path was. Yeah, you went to L.A., you auditioned at the Comedy Store, Mitzi liked you." Carson's people came to see you. You went on the Tonight Show. You got a sitcom. Yeah. Now it's it's you know, but there's like 18 people that that worked out for. Yeah. In yeah. history. Yeah. Now it's actually probably an accurate number. Now it's and they all work together. And then you find out that like and they were all Jews. Jimmy. No, but no, and, and <laughs> then, you, like the then you find out like Jimmy it Walker, all comes back. Yeah. No, it's like Jimmy Walker had podcast. had Jay Leno Sorry, writing for him. David, Leto, you know, what I mean, all the yeah. guys were like working together. They were hanging. They were literally at one club. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine like it's like like I'm on shows now that there's five names I've never seen before. Yeah. On the show that I'm on. I'm like how could there be this many more people that I've never heard of? Yep. And and I'm like I'm pretty engaged in the New York comedy scene. But then it was like everybody literally was hanging out of at the one club. Yeah. But it was impossible to get in. But I do still think there is some there are people who they have mass appeal and they're maybe not the most uh I get artistic, although it's also just so subjective that it seems like pretentious to me. It just if I don't like something, that doesn't mean it's artistically bad. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Um, but there are I'm some. What you're but saying. there are some people who they're doing things that are they're not really digging deep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they appeal to more people because uh, of for that. Sure. Yes. For sure. Um, but yes. then there are people who do dig deep and that will appeal to less people, but they can still have a successful career. Yeah. So this yes. uh, this is actually a good uh, moment to bring up what what you're doing, Matt, because I think we we're all trying to differentiate. it ourselves in in comedy and i think you did you did something great you created something yeah. that's very unique that's that's very much your personality and your brand yeah and i'm terrible at it and you're and you're, <laughs> yeah. very, and you're very i was telling him i've never done a roast oh uh, i'm so bad i i can't like my brain shuts down like i literally yeah. can't process writing jokes for roast like i just can't do it and Maz very nicely asked me to do it a couple times, and I'm like, "All right, this, I don't want to do this anymore." But like, I think it's I think it's amazing what yeah. you've created, Thank and you. like, you're so Maz is the host of uh, Comedy Fight Club. Yeah. So you know, ro- obviously, there's several different roasts. Yeah, I didn't that are around. Inv- I didn't invent roasting or roast battling. No, even. but you yeah. made you made your own brand of it. Yeah, I and- decided to run. So basically, I would see. Um, I grew up loving the Comedy Central roasts. I grew up, and I, then I would see. Um, the roast battle shows kind of started like four years ago or so, and there was yep. one in L.A. I yep. watched some of them online. Um, and there was one in New York. They were doing roast masters at yep. the stand, and I always kind of felt like it was like boxing or L.A. I felt it was like a boxing match, and uh, uh, I felt like UFC the way Luis Gomez ran it at the stand. Yeah. So my idea was kind of like have a roast battle show run it like a pro wrestling show. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so just something as simple as the way they would do the battles is they do tit for tat. I say a joke. You say a joke. I say a joke. You say a joke. So we started doing 30-second rounds where I just basically do a mini set. Yeah. So we can have – because I grew up loving like Gilbert Gottfried on the roast. Or yeah. People did characters and there's – I feel like they couldn't really – you can't do that in tit for tat as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just little things like that and then uh, – and I hosted like a Michael Buffer announcing. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're – yeah. I was telling before uh, the mics went on but I think Matt's a really perfect host for what he's doing with Comedy Fight Club. Like – it's really like you, you prepare material for for those because yeah, you I, bring people up with these I funny do, yeah, I lines. Do a, Some of those yeah. uh, 
I've watched uh, on Gas Digital, and by the way, you could watch on Gas. Yeah, Gas Digital. Digital right? The live stream is free to watch every uh, Wednesday night at ten thirty, and uh, for on demand and watching past episodes, you have to subscribe to it. But it's, it's only six ninety nine nine ninety nine a month, and yeah. or if you just want to watch for two weeks and then unsubscribe, don't say I told you that. <laughs> well, so use promo code CFC. And if you're in the city, Lucky Jacks, it's in the basement of Lucky uh, Jacks. Every Sunday night is the uh, live show. Yeah, yeah. and Lucky I went Jacks. to the last one. I think because uh, my buddy Dean David, I actually. Oh, Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. and that was a great battle. It yeah. was Dean and uh, Alex... Um, Alex Kahart. Alex Kahart. Yeah. Oh, and he had a shit. great line where he goes, uh, oh, God, what was his line? Alex... Alex has eyes like eyes that say "fuck me" and a personality that says "so I can accuse you of rape." Yeah! Wow! What an amazing <laughs> joke! And, and if you if you if you know Alex or if you if you oh, to yeah. the people who don't know, she has these like ice like blue eyes like yeah. really that like, pop out like and uh, and it was perfect. That's was, amazing that joke. Crush, That's an amazing crush. joke. And so I was there to support Dean because you know Dean, me and Dean run a show at V Spot and he's just one of my good friends and and so. Uh, uh, but it was the first time I went live, and that yeah. whole show was great. Man. Yeah, and we had Dean came on, uh, so we do a podcast version of the show also. It's basically, it'll be a few of us in studio talking about the show, and then it just, for like five, ten minutes, then it just plays the audio of the show. Oh, that's cool. Um, so we had Dean in studio that week with me and our spirit animal, Justin Lanza. Oh, that guy's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, uh, three He's of great. us just kind of riffing on uh, how the show went, and... Um, yeah, and we do like break. We started doing breakdowns in studio where we break down the main event each week, play past clips from both main eventers, and uh, I'm trying to build it up to basically be a comedy pro wrestling show without actually hitting people. Yeah, well, I, th- I think the next uh, the next step in in comedy is actual fighting. I think I think I, I think MMA style fighting amongst comedians is actually is the natural progression for comedy. So you're yeah. like you got in there at the right the perfect time oh, yeah. to like kind of facilitate. That if they decide, like, listen, guys, we're actually going to put a cage on this uh, on stage. Like, all right, I'm, I'm here if you guys need me. Oh, if fighting, if actual, if actual fighting starts happening in comedy, I'll move far up the food chain. Yeah, comedy. yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Not be because of how, for... not because of how good of a fighter I am, because how bad everyone else in comedy would be. It's, yeah, it's, it'd well, it's, be it's pretty fun. easy. So I feel like your, your audience for Comedy Fight Club is it's 23, 24. It's like young, enthusiastic comedians. Yeah. I feel like they're and that's those are the people that I have a problem with. <laughs> I feel like I can sense like because no. I think you brought me up one time and you made a joke about like white supremacists. I have a shame head i'm white yeah and I, and then i could sense the feeling in the room it was like i, had, I actually at one point i turned to them and i was like i'm not actually a white supremacist yeah. like you can actually laugh yeah, but i also host, I'm, I'm also a white dude with long hair and no sleeves hosting the show so. yeah, I know, and i was like, gonna say i don't know peter you might have a little bit of a mystery because the, the audience at comedy fight club is a little less um they're not really they're PC. not snowflakes yeah <laughs> no I, yeah. I don't think it's it's like political correctness but it's like they're like maybe this guy's actually an actual bad guy like, yeah, right, right, <laughs> we right, don't right. want to root for this guy I yeah. mean I've seen some of the most unlikable looking people do well <laughs> yeah. so. so you just suck right, yeah. back to my back to my original point I suck at it yeah. <laughs> I own it um, no own yeah it. no it's just definitely a specific style um, and I think that I don't even know if if, we're, if we if you could say this but. I think there's probably big things in the future for Comedy Fight Club with uh, a certain new club opening Well, yeah, up. the Sand Comedy Club. Is we that? The, okay, yeah, you so announced that? Yeah, we announced it yeah, uh, uh, last summer We uh, when we took over on Gas Digital. The plan was also uh, Roast yeah. Masters is no more. Yes. and um, But yeah, at a certain point, part of the reason was because they were getting guys who had done Conan sets, had been on yep. Comedy Central, and after a while, they were just getting Comedy Fight Club people, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a so lot it was like, it was all of us in their main events on their shows, and uh, yeah. so he did just kind of pass 
passed it over to us. So, and the Stan Comedy Club uh, is just moving locations. It's uh, I don't I don't know the de- it's been. I um, actually know some details. Yeah. I'm, I'm not supposed to say, but all, all I know I'll tell you. I was talking to Patrick, the owner, yeah. uh, last week, okay. and they're very close. And, yeah, and uh, I was talking to him like every month, and yeah. then it would be like next month. And I know. I, I felt <laughs> yeah. like I was bugging him, so I'm like, they'll let me know. But oh yeah, yeah. This is something that I did the same thing because yeah. I I actually have a, a monthly show that might end up we'll see yeah. but um i i was asking and then like uh i stopped asking because of the same reason yeah and then this was something he was putting out there okay like it was like uh we were at frantic and uh nick mullen was there and a few other guys and we were all hanging out outside and he was bringing it up to us and okay so we were like okay i was in my head i'm yeah. like he wouldn't be saying this if it yeah wasn't. so when they do open comedy fight club will be moving into the stand and we'll be doing it's the huge. show from there weekly that's gonna and be it'll huge still, it'll dude. still be on gas the podcast will still be out there yes um, so that yeah. was roast masters that jeff ross created so jeff ross uh was with uh was in la and they started roast battle out there. Yeah. i don't battle. really i don't really know the origin as much to that oh, okay Okay. Um, and I know they came over to New York, and then I know there was Roastmasters at the Sand. Um, and mm-hmm. I I just uh, – I had done a roast of a friend of mine did really well, and it was the first roast I ever did. And Ben Switzer and Eagle Wid, Osama Siddiqui, started doing, like, open mic roast battle type things. Oh, okay. oh cool. Um, and I remember Ben Switzer was the one who came up with Comedy Fight Club and doing 30-second rounds. And I was in the main event of the first one. And then the second one, he had to leave early, so I took over as host. And then <laughs> I asked him for the third one. I was like, hey, can I host? I have some fun ideas of things to do. And I was at Stairs Bar, which closed down after that. And then we were like, let's try and get this weekly. And we found it was at the time Lovecraft. And I came up with an idea of like, what if I did a big over-the-top opening and like uh, yeah, roast I everyone love it, dude. Yeah. and just be like, snowballed and like, Justin Lance is here all the time. Let's call him our spirit animal and put him up on stage. Andrew's here all the time. Let's call him our bishop. Yeah. And wow, I, love, I love Andrew too, wow, the ben, lonely you, boy. <laughs> ben, you fucked up. You let Matt move right in. You're well, like, me and Ben were running it together yeah, for a while. And then he uh, he kind of stopped showing up because he got a job bartending. I think he, I've heard he's like kind of back into doing comedy. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, sometimes yeah. he, he like came to the show and he's like, "God damn it!" <laughs> you're like, "You're like big now." You're like Ray Kroc. You like meet the McDonald's brothers. Like, yeah, I have some ideas about this. Yeah, you guys want my- <laughs> I'm Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, awesome, I, I mean, and uh, you, you, people fall out of, in and out of comedy all the time. I feel yeah. like so it's not. Yeah, but uh, I'm gonna stop doing the show because I can't do it without Ben. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's exciting stuff though, definitely. And, uh, and but I do every time I talk about, it, I want to give him credit for it because I don't want to be yeah. totally like a Zuckerberg and not even say. No, but you definitely, I mean, you yeah. definitely made it your own, and it's your you bring your personality to it. Yeah. It's very clear that that's, that's what you're doing comedy. Build a show completely around your strengths, and then no one sees anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. no, no. You, I mean, you really always kill on those shows. Like you always, even if you get like someone ribs you, you come right back. It's yeah. it's good. It's yeah. great. And it's and it's funny now. I'm, I'm thinking thinking about they live like. The premise of They Live. Nice segue. They, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very rusty segue. Uh, yeah, just this idea that, you know, they're hiding this information from us and we have to, like, break the television signal. It's like literally now at, at all times anybody can be creating there, – there'd be no way to keep this a secret anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Nobody's controlling the bro- the broadcast. Yeah. Right. We could and, just say the N-word right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that I want to. I'm just saying we can we – can. I was upset that we let Mel Gibson say it. <laughs> 
and he said it. See, he <laughs> wanted me to bleep it out because we p- played Mel Gibson's rant during the Lethal Weapon episode. And you wanted to bleep it out? And I was like, no. Why are we going to set that precedent of like well, just because bleeping so out our own podcast? Because he's being accused of being a white supremacist at Comedy <laughs> Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't want to be a fil- But then I'm like, I love Mel. I don't, Mel, can, Mel can do no wrong. I think he wanted <laughs> to protect Mel. And I, I was would, like, I oh, it right. was. It would, yeah, no, I, wanted, <laughs> I was serious. like, oh, okay. Don't play Mel Gibson saying the N word. We got to protect Braveheart. <laughs> I was like, it's hilarious. We have to. I I want to scrub those bad memories from from the Mel's past. <laughs> I want Mel to be able to start fresh. Oh man, I, w- a, I want that to be a drop on. Her. He's, he's, got a, he's got a new movie coming out. Peter's uh, petitioning to eliminate the personal life section on Woody Allen's Wikipedia. Page. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I do like to me, uh, Thriller is too important for Michael Jackson to to be erased from culture. <laughs> I, I just can't. I don't believe the accusations against Kobe Bryant either, because Kobe Bryant's my favorite athlete of all time. There's certain well, things that I have to. Also, those accusations were a bit. Uh, well, it turned out. It she, co- yeah, she wasn't really the. But the it, I think we're going to find out that the Michael Jackson stuff is not that is real either. It depends. It depends with athletes. If they're accusing Yankee, it's not real. They accuse a Red Sox, I believe. Oh, it. there you go. <laughs> what? I mean, it's it is true. It is it is kind of like another version of sports. It's like it this is, this is my be- guy. Yeah. Well, I believed it because I loved Shaquille O'Neal. It was my favorite basketball player as a kid and yeah. then so when him and Kobe had their thing I just sided with Shaq so when Kobe's accused of rape I'm like yeah <laughs> he did it yeah. well, well I mean I, I love Kobe but like probably the most unforgivable thing he did was like he's like what he's like everybody does this Shaq does this like you know 10 times a month and and Shaq, that's I think where the real beef between him and Shaq what did was, he say that about so so uh, raping a girl well, no, 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 Shaq so, does this 10 no. times a month no no so he was saying he Kobe's Kobe's response was like, "Oh, I didn't rape her." Right? He's like, "I just banged some maid in a in a hotel." Okay, yeah. yeah. And he goes, "Shaq Shaq does this all the time." And Shaq was like, "Why you are you trying to get me involved?" No, that's yeah, a fair it's point. like it's like when Tiger Woods was like, "Oh yeah, this is what we do. We fucking we fly you know around the country and we we bang these girls for two hundred thousand dollars a pop." He's like, yeah. "Everybody does it," and and all the other celebrities are like, "You motherfucker, this is our secret." Like, yeah. I mean, another thing with media, like things that just cannot be kept a secret anymore. It's well, funny. yeah, just like the idea of if there was Twitter in the eighties, every oh every god. every single lead singer of a band would have been me too. Oh, oh my god, dude, yeah, yeah. dude, they the Eagles, fam- or right? Yeah, I think it's the Eagles. They famously like fucked a fifteen year old, and like she accused them, and then it was just like no big deal. Yeah, nobody gave a shit. Whereas like, I have a ba- I have a bachelor's in history, and just always interested in history. So every time yeah. stuff comes out about Trump and how awful he is with things, like I'm not saying he's not awful, but sure. if we had Twitter when JFK was president, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. exactly. But again, it's Lyndon like, Johnson, grab her by the pussy. This guy was fucking. Lyndon you know, Johnson whipped his dick out in front of a reporter. Yeah, was, yeah. The reporter but, asked him why are we in Vietnam, well, and he apparently had a big dick, and he, he whipped does. it out and said, "This is why." Lyndon why? had a piece, dude. Yeah. He had a fucking hammer. A on lot him. of it is it's like it's like fashion. It's like I I like this guy and I don't like this guy. Yeah. And so I've decided I don't like him. So anything he does, I'm against. And anything yeah. the guy that I like does, I'm. But also away. to Matt's point, it's like a skewed view of history. It's like yeah. you don't remember how bad certain people were, like or you know, or it, just what we considered bad at different yes, times. Yes, well, you also yes, like yes, like yes, Hollywood yes. used to have fixers. Like if you ever yeah. see, you ever see Hail Caesar. I feel like that movie was not didn't give it was a Coen uh, Brothers uh, movie. Oh really? It's a great movie that just Never didn't, didn't get the love that it deserved. It's it's about Hollywood in the fifties, mm. and Josh Brolin basically plays a fixer for like a major. What's movie. a fixer? Somebody who cleans up a mess. So uh, so uh, a select fucking what guinea. Are, well, yeah, this, this is how my You're this, such a day goes. This is how someone my people. Who, someone who cleans up a mess. This is how huh? my people talk. So, for example, <laughs> r- true story. Clark Gable. This is how white supremacists. Talk. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> my Clark, people. Clark, <laughs> <laughs> this is how. <laughs> 
Earth. So I was talking to a boop the other day. <laughs> anyway, this um, no, like Clark right by a pack of boops. <laughs> Clark Gable, Clark Gable killed somebody with his car, yeah. and he was too important to the studio. So they had like a low level guy like take the fall and go to jail because <laughs> really, yeah, this really happened. Jesus. And if you ever watch movies about Hollywood, like L.A. Confidentials, about this, oh, too, that's a great movie. Like it's like there were there were you know even some of them were like former cops. And former you know, private investigators who then got hired by um, private m- movie people, stu- movie okay. studios yeah. to protect the images of these celebrities. So this stuff was happening all of the time. I mean, you have like a crisis PR firms. Like, there's, what's that terrible show? Scandal. That woman is the worst actor ever. Kerry Washington. Yeah, I don't. Kerry, know. Kerry, if you're show. listening, you're the worst fucking actor. Ever. The fact that you have a career is disgusting. By there's the way. no way that. Carrie Washington is listening to this show. And if she is, I'm sure this really hurts her. Yeah. (laughs) But but that show is all about like the people whose job it is. It's like like PR damage control. So, but but again, like we were sitting at the top, it's like people are doing it to themselves now. It's also what could have been considered a terrible thing to do back then is either not that big of a deal now or something back then that wasn't a big deal is a big deal. Yes. Well, Robert Robert Mitchum got arrested for smoking pot. And That's, it became yeah. like a thing because, right. I mean, he was a bad boy in Hollywood. Like that was his image. He was like a film noir star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it actually made him a bigger star after that. Happened. Yeah. But if he had been, you that know. Is, yeah. At Comedy Fight Club, we've had, uh, there were not often, but there was like one time someone said a joke and someone got upset and like started a fight upstairs about it. No a shit. A physical uh, fight? Yeah. Well, we heard, I didn't see it because I was running the show and we heard like a loud thud and other people who had ran upstairs told me that they had like some random person in the bar heard them yelling and was like, Look, I used to do comedy a long time ago. If you're going to laugh at one thing, you got to laugh at them all. And the guy's girl jumped on the guy or something. Holy shit. But I just, like, something like that, it was like, for any other comedy show, it may be like, God, remember that time that happened? For Comedy Fight Club, it just, like, helped, it, it just, like, built the story of the yeah. show. Like, the character of the yeah, show. Yeah, you almost there want was an actual stories. fight. Yeah, yeah. That there was an actual fight over someone's joke. That, like, builds, that builds more momentum for That's us. That's amazing. Yeah. We were in my, my fraternity in college. We got into, a, like, a brawl with Marines. Yeah. And it became what? this, like, legendary story. I never tell you this story? No. So I went to school like 20 minutes from a Marine base. And so they would like just be hanging around. And, but they, like, they were wearing civilian clothes, but they were clearly like they all wore the same shirt and the yeah. same jeans and the same shoes and they had the same haircut. So even though they were quote unquote dressed like civilians, you could tell that they were military guys. And they started a fight in my fraternity. Like they like sucker punched one of my friends and we kicked them out. It was three guys and they were drunk and they were just like hanging out at a frat party. And we're like, guys, like there's 30 of us. There's three of you. This is our house. Like you came to our house and you're like, you're starting a fight with us. Just get out of here. So we go back to the party. Next thing you know, like an hour later, like 15 Marines show up. And we got into like an all-out brawl with these Marines. It was, it Jesus was, it was single-handedly the, the scariest and yet the most awesome thing I've ever been part of in my life. I, <laughs> Did I, I you fucking, get your ass kicked? No, you? I, fucking, I fucked the Marine up. Like, I, wow. I swear to God, and I would, I would tell you. No, like, I believe you. I believe you. I, so at the beginning of the fight, the first three guys, the guy sucker punched another guy in front of me. And somehow, I don't know, I've never done this before since, I grabbed him by the waist. You would appreciate this. Yeah. And I... I kind of suplexed him, yeah, and then I I let, ended up on top of him with my knees like under his armpits, and I just started wailing on him back of the head, back of the head. Nice, but I'm Jesus. so I'm so sensitive and fragile that my voice was like super high pitched while I'm doing this, so I'm going, "You don't come to my house and disrespect me, motherfucker!" Over and over again while I'm wailing on this dude. So my friends pulled me off him and were like, "Are you okay?" I'm like. Dude, I was beating the shit out of that guy. Like, what do you mean? Like, they're like, we heard you screaming. You were, you were, you were whimpering. I was crying. <gasps> <laughs> so, so they left, and then That's they great. came back, and then it was like an all-out. One, one, uh, 
one friend of mine who was actually he was actually a, a varsity swimmer had to miss the season because he broke his hand punching Marines in the face. Yeah, that's the number one injury in street fights is broken hands. And people yeah. don't know how to punch. Well, people don't realize how 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 dangerous getting punched in the face is, and how how much it hurts. Ironic, to punch it depends. In the face. You have to hit them in the right place. Right. People Ironically, punch people in foreheads. Yeah. Like, Why are my knuckles broken? <laughs> Ironically, my friend Tim McCabe had no arms. Was born with no arms. Yeah. Did every, like smoke cigarettes with his feet. Wait, how is that ironic? So he ironically what, had no no no, no ironically that we're saying tragically me no 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 and he, he was an awesome guy did everything with his feet but he the, the irony is that we're talking about punching yeah 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 somebody yeah. punched him in the face then noticed that he didn't have any arms holy shit looked down was kind of like what's this guy gonna do and Tim fucking thwacked him in the face with his foot really like, full on front oh, kick great. knocked the guy it was unfucking believable that's awesome the whole thing I was told the cops showed up forty five seconds after the fight started yeah but it's it felt like fifteen minutes it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like being in right. the center, it was incredible. And the thing is, after what year was this? You, this was this would have been. So I, I used to say a joke. It's like this was before nine eleven, so we didn't have to pretend that we supported the military. <laughs> <laughs> so we That's were like, great, we're dude. like, fuck That's these great. marines. Like literally. So it, it's funny because these guys, you know, it was late nineties. Yeah, it had been, you know. Well, I don't know how many years since the Iraq war ended. So these guys were just bored. Like they were like yeah. looking for something to do because they had nothing to do. That's got to suck. Though. Imagine like if you if uh, well, if you mean the Gulf good if, War, it's right? good if you, Gulf War. If yeah, you're yeah. a Marine, it's cool. Like after 9-11, you could just do whatever the fuck you wanted. Anyone yeah. who was shitty to you like, That's hey, true. 9-11. So these happened. guys were I, I, respect. For like years. But it's got to <laughs> suck if you like you're like girl cheat like a Marine steals your girl or something. Yeah, 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 you yeah, can't yeah. fight the guy. <laughs> I believe they were guarding nuclear weapons. Like I think in Yorktown, Virginia, there was is where our nuclear weapons are stored so these guys were like in charge of guarding that and Jesus. 20 minutes away was my school William and Mary and they literally had nothing better to do so they're getting drunk with college kids on the weekend looking like my friend Andy is like the sweetest guy would never start any trouble ask the guy nicely not to throw bottles so the guy punched him in the face Jesus Christ, and I man. and Andy's like holding his is Joss saying this guy punched me? So we're like, we're like, get out of here, guys! Like, what? What the fuck are you guys doing? This is our house. Right. You came here and you're gonna fucking start trouble with us. And they went back to the base and rounded up their buddies. And like, literally, the way our frat house was set up was it was like a dance floor. The back wall was all glass, and it was just like a big deck that you had steps going up to the deck. So I remember it was I, I was I had a huge crush on Laura Stein, and this was like the first time I was actually dancing with Laura Stein. Stein? Stein. She's now Laura Keenan on Facebook. We're still friends. She's, she's still one of my good friends. A Jew broad? No, no, no she's oh. Oh, German. Oh. Uh, I've had I've one of my favorite ex girlfriends was Abramovitz. I have no problem. I love. I'm, no, I love. I'm Jewish very pro Semitic. I'm attacked. Yeah. Um, they no, control I'm the media. You know. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm attracted to them. No, for, so for real, for I'm real. dancing with Laura Stein and and I'm looking out the glass windows out on the on the porch and all of a sudden you just see people storming up the stairs yeah. and they just they just start swinging everywhere yeah. they they made a U formation did Laura Stein hear you whimpering and yeah. said, no, you want to be no. with this guy anymore but, but later she told me that she went out there and was like stop it you guys are being idiots and she found frozen hot dogs in the freezer and was like like putting frozen hot dogs on people's black eyes and stuff and other bruises what a great, wild great night. girl great yeah, girl I like her but um <laughs> the reason I brought it up is that the next day the the school came and they power washed the blood off the cement. Jesus. And the story completely disappeared. It was never in the media. Nothing ever came of it. There was no, there was no like investigation. Could you imagine like the PR nightmare for the school and oh, for the yeah. Marines? Nowadays. Like send your kid to William Mary, he might get his ass kicked by a Marine on campus. Or, you know, we're the Marines. We beat up 18-year-old college kids on the weekends when we're drunk. It 
Again, like, or frat bros attack, attack American Marine. heroes. Yeah, whatever. You want. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Again, pre nine eleven, so it's okay. Right. Uh, it like it literally. So it became this like legend at the school. Like, oh, did yeah. you, those guys were in that fight with the Marines. Yeah. Like, but it was no one really knew if it was true or not, or the, all the details. Of yeah, it. yeah. So it was like one of those things, and, and it's funny the way we've been talking about media and stuff. It's like, could you imagine now? Like instead of like helping out in the fight, most of my friends would have just been videoing me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it not- is it is weird. Just like when you're watching a movie like They Live or anything that has a message from the '80s, you're kind of like, yeah, that's obvious. Yeah, yeah. But then you realize at the time this was a uh, like, oh, this is a secret thing I haven't thought about before, but it actually is really affecting the way I live in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to think of like what this would be if there was a movie now about sort of a paranoid thriller about it would be something now. with the internet it would have to be like you know like pov style you're just like the internet screen is watching maybe like you. some or someone running for a political office and they're listening in to every single thing everyone does and they advertise to people a certain way but we already bots, know that, but we already know bots. that's happening and nobody cares we know <laughs> that people yeah. care but i guess but. um i mean because this movie is just about advertising in general if there yeah. was one now about targeted advertising yeah. i yeah. think that may be oh yeah. that freaks me out i swear to god this happened that's what i do for a living i know i was I, and True. i know the whole thing where you're like you're having a conversation and you're phone hears you no you, that's not really how it works it really no yeah. it isn't i Didn't work you, in the industry what happened wasn't it we wish we had so that what, technology. Ha- what happened with that youtube how do they fake that youtube video there's like a husband and wife who like never texted they don't have cats never had cats their whole life didn't ever text about it. They t- called each other on the phone and would talk about cat food or cats. And then they started getting advertisements for cat food. Because I bet they did a Google search for cats. One of them. Okay. That's it. Yeah. People don't realize how often they use Google. Yeah, that's, People that's, don't realize I how totally often they're that. giving their – No, it, it is true though. If you say shorts or blue <laughs> shorts and then you see the ad, odds are – your computer didn't hear you say blue shorts. You probably typed in the company of a, you know, there's some time, uh, you were looking there's some for times blue shorts. I've, I've Googled like awful things because I yep. heard something in the news and yep. just thought, oh, I wonder about this white supremacy thing sure. that's happening. Yeah. Or I, this, uh, yeah. And then the, so now like Google thinks I like that stuff. Well, wow. Google will – I mean Google knows what you searched yeah. 100%. Yeah. I don't, I, and they know cross-device, so they know but if you're then on you your have, phone or – Then what happens if you have something like uh, uh, someone uh, who works in that industry looks up a comedian and sees that they once searched a conservative thing and now they're yeah, like – Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. like, well, I was just looking it up because a liberal I like was on that conservative yeah. show. Like, I don't, yeah, I'm not worried about this stuff because like, when the zombies attack, I'm ready to go off the grid like completely. Like, yeah. they, co- they can come for me. I could care less. But I do – I don't like people like being in my business. So sometimes I, I search random things that I'm not interested in just to throw off the algorithm. I'll mm. like search like Taylor Swift and like mm. trees and yeah. like cat, cats trees. just to see if I can Raci- like – Racial equality? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> racial harmony. Please. Uh, please racial harmony. Uh, the, the earth is round, another yeah. thing I don't believe. Uh, <laughs> I want to I watch round earth conspiracy videos. Yeah. Um, Alt-right wind. That would be funny if someone made like conspiracy style videos about things that aren't conspiracies at all. I like, love that. What if I told you that Martin Luther King was assassinated by James Earl Ray yeah, yeah. and it was a lone gunman? And then he was a what? real man. Yeah. No, but I, yeah, definitely I'm ready to just blow up the computer and just hide. Like, like much like Roddy Ryder Piper, I'm ready to shoot the satellite at the end of the movie and yeah. hide out in the Again, woods. Again, I think your point stands that it, it's more us doing it to each other oh, than 100%. It is the technology doing this. The kind one of thing stuff. that freaked me out, I was driving in Pennsylvania a couple of weeks ago, and I literally thought to myself, "God, I hope I see a Dunkin' Donuts soon." 
And I looked down at my phone and it said, Dunkin' Donuts, 7.2 miles away in this direction. I swear that this happened. No, I, I believe you, but that just shows you the coincidences. Like, like the, there's no way your phone read your mind. There's no way. Mm. No, there's no way, Peter. That's the next paranoid movie. Yeah, actually, sure, no one's reading sure. so, That's actually pretty good. It's, it's possible that my phone knows how often I go to Dunkin' Donuts. Right. <laughs> no, of course your phone knows that. Google knows that you buy shit at, at Dunkin' Donuts. Do you know... The amount of time you spend in a brick-and-mortar store, if it's a branded store, yeah. like Dunkin' Donuts, especially someone that can afford a Google Partner budget, like like a big corporation, they know how much time you spend per week in their stores. Yeah. And they'll serve you ads because they know you like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts yeah. or I don't, McDonald's. I don't That's go, not crazy. Yeah, I don't go to Dunkin' Donuts all the time, but Dunkin' Donuts is probably the place that I repeat the most, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, there's, no other, there's no other store or You're business that I go into – like on a regular you would know, you say in a month you get more than three coffees probably yeah yeah, yeah. oh so yeah. that's okay so it is funny because we i think we want to be you want paranoid yes, yes. everyone's that, yeah. making this up that's what i tell people all the time because i hear this 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 thought conversation all the time that oh i just i just said the word uh i want you know new headphones and i got an advertisement for new headphones it's like no if you want new headphones you probably googled you know, best headphones, 2019. Like, you were, we're yeah. probably doing some research. Yeah. You know, maybe that's what sprung the idea. Maybe you yeah. clicked on a page that's part of the Google search network. I mean, I know this stuff isn't interesting, but it's it's the actual truth. So. And now for another awkward segue. Uh, <laughs> John Carpenter, I think he's tapped into this. Like, Halloween, 70s. Sure. Like, the anxiety of being young and, like, you know, adults can't protect you anymore. And Michael Meyer, it's like this existential fear of, like, children and how dangerous the world is, and that there's yeah. somebody out there that could kill you, and all he wants to do, he can't be stopped. He's just a killing machine. And then you get in the 80s, and the fear is, is like big business is going to take over, and we're going to be dehumanized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's again, it's like we're. I think we like to be on. We like to be scared. We like to be on edge. Like that's why we have horror movies. That's why we go to the conspiracy theories are a. Yes. It's a type of entertainment. Yeah. It is, yeah. and I even think like. Um, when whenever there's like a natural disaster or like a mass shooting or something like that, unless you're personally involved or connected in some way, it's really just a type of porn to watch this. You know what I mean? You're just yeah. getting your rocks off by watching like 24 hour news and getting all this information. It's like coming uh, up with the take you're going to post on yeah. social yep. media, seeing yeah. how people yeah. are going to respond. I remember when it was the, the year before Hurricane Sandy it was at Irene. I literally I bought all this fucking food for the house. And then I'm sitting there on the couch watching the coverage, yeah. anxiously waiting, and I ate all the food before the fucking hurricane happened. <laughs> I, was, I was in college when Hurricane Irene hit, and I remember because I, I worked resident safety on my campus, and that was a freshman move-in weekend. And I was the one – so if you called the school to look for your student, I was the one who picked up. Oh, and wow. it was nonstop because oh phones were out. Yeah. So, or oh, like yeah, the dorm yeah. rooms. People were calling. Wonder, the freshman kid just moved out of the house the first time in their life and there's a hurricane and they can't contact them. And, and, it's, and, I was, and also, a nightmare. Yeah. And also of all the people, then you've got now the guy who's running Comedy Fight Club who, <laughs> as, a, as a 20-year-old <laughs> yeah. is the one who's like your liaison to your kid. And it's, it's funny uh, – no, there's a great C.S. Lewis book called The Abolition of Man, and it's all about like post World War II, like de- dehumanization of of human beings from from like the war technology. Uh-huh. And one of the things he says is that the the previous generation's choice 
becomes the current generation's obligation. So like that's for, definitely true. For example, like we can't choose to not be on the internet. Yeah. It's yeah. no longer like our the generation before us chose that we were gonna go down this path yeah. and now like we can't choose to be on, you know, watching movies on Betamax either. Like the, yeah. the choices were made for us. Paying student loan bills. So these so this this connectivity, this this internet age, this information age, we just live in it now. We can't yeah. we don't get to choose it any anymore. And and it's weird because if you go, you watch a movie from the mid '80s. None of this is like none of that reality is even our reality anymore. Yeah. Literally, the premise of the movie. It's my favorite part about watching '80s movies yeah. now is that none of them have cell phones, but, and but all it, the plot points that, are, that that cell phones ruin. But it's also you know? like, is a weird book to read now. Yeah, yeah. but it's also that's like, what they thought 1984 was going to be. <laughs> so you're getting phone calls from freaked out parents about yeah. their kids because they expect to be connected. Yeah, do you know what I mean? When I I remember, you know, not that long ago being a kid and just like. I just had to figure it out. You know what I mean? I'm stuck somewhere, and I have no money, and I don't know how to get a hold of my parents, and I just got to figure it out. Right. And like today, like I, I lost my cell phone this morning, and like my life is like uh, in upended. But also, like I'm mm-hmm. in, a, I'm in, so I don't have uh, Wi-Fi in my apartment because I'm cheap right now. I'll get, I'll get it again in the fall, but in the summertime, I have. When, well, no, what is it? What season is it's it right, spring now? right it's, now? It's, it's, about, to it's about to be spring. It's, no, yeah, it's officially spring. So I'll yeah. soon. March 21st. Soon yeah. I'll get it again. But so I had to like go to a coffee shop, get on my laptop, try to communicate with people through Facebook. You, you yeah. made it work. I did make it work, but it's like it's like you have to like scheme because because God forbid. Well, you wouldn't have been able to do a podcast without the internet. I know. So I know. so so it makes sense that you to organize the people to get to the podcast. Like you also, we're so reliant, man. Like it, it is. You're, what you're saying is right. We have no choice over. Yeah, because if because if we had made plans to meet here at one o'clock, and yeah. you hadn't, and I, I just showed up without saying, "Oh, I'm on my way." You'd been like, "Oh, I haven't heard from Peter yet." Like, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's true. As it, where in the past you, you would like just send a show up a day before confirm. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's like that. Uh, it's like that Sebastian Maniscalco bit where it's like people used to just ring the doorbell and say, "Hey, I just came by. I was in the neighborhood. I just wanted yeah. to see the kids." That's so and crazy. I, and I remember remember that too it's like people would just come over yeah. and now like you, if your doorbell rings you're like oh no what, what is this like yeah. who's who's looking for me who didn't send me a text message yeah. first right um but yeah and again like i love and the, with these movies and the reason we're doing these movies for me is like i i love the earnestness of it like yeah. i don't and, and in, in a way like rowdy right for that time period this is like a cynical movie very yeah and yeah. it's 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 i think it's in it's in um it's in response to probably the, Ram- yeah, the Rambo's the and the, yeah the the the, the American the, the, bri- the bright eyes yeah. uh, superhero yeah. yeah and I but I like I like having both like I liked having like the cool thing about like nineteen forties film noirs is that the other movies were like sunny and everybody's yeah. Went, yeah. dancing and and here was a little piece of of like subculture that was an, in a negative response I, to I that. I think it's also because I think uh, advertising got so big at the time. There's almost something uh, if advertising is doing their job well, it doesn't look yes. bad or negative in any way. Or like an advertisement. Like if you watch NASCAR, it's like that guy's car has M&Ms on it. That's awesome. Yeah, right. yeah. You don't think of it as they're trying to sell you M&Ms. Right, yeah, right. We just Which, become, yeah. we like, I mean, we like the brand. We like the labels. We like the, we, we wear them on our shirts all exactly. the time. My we, dad's told me uh, when he was growing up like if you wore a shirt with a logo of a business or something on it, you were like a whore. Yeah, like right. you're, you're selling yourself out for that. But now it's like I only want to get something with like Yankees on it because I support the Yankees. Like wearing a plain shirt seems like I'm just being boring. But I mean, and you don't guess, think, you uh, don't think of the Yankees as a multi billion dollar conglomerate exactly. that owns media, they own TV stations. They own, I you think know. of them as uh, the greatest thing about my childhood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's all right. 
It's a good thing. I mean, it's it, yeah. It's a, it's a, as long as you have that balance in your life. But it's it's for each of us to choose. Yeah. How we want to utilize that and let it affect yeah. us. Yeah, I don't think we're making a just when it's like we do do it to ourselves. But I don't think anyone is thinking like I'm selling myself out. I think it's, right. It's not conscious. They've con- they've con- it's <clears throat> like you've been convinced to do things that help other people. Yeah, and I think that's why. Like, I think that's why the the ending of this movie is kind of cynical too, because it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get rid of all of it? You know, you're going to blow everything up, and then what? Are we do you want to describe the ending? So the ending like, yeah. is, you know, he's sort of in the like, I guess, like this alternative world where where everything is actually being done, where the aliens interdimensional, are sort of, yeah, like, sort of controlling portal. everything, and so they're like, like any. Like any any bad guys, they always have. There's always traitors that help them. Yeah. Whether it was the Nazis, whether it's the communists, where, there's always guys who give out. You know. Oh, so we're assuming Nazis and communists are bad guys for this podcast. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. Yes, definitely. I didn't realize. Uh, but you know, so so there are some humans that are traitors to yes. humanity that help these aliens out, and you know, so Rowdy Roddy Pepper kind of sneaks in, and yeah. he decides at the end that he's got to basically blow up the satellite. Yeah, and so that. The, the the fake signal won't go out anymore. So the movie ends with him shooting um, the satellite. He gets killed. We assume he gets killed, uh, sacrifices himself. And then all of a sudden you see people actually seeing reality for what it is. So like the newscaster all of a sudden is a fucking alien. Yeah. And, you know, the advertisements are these plain billboards that with white white backgrounds and black letters saying consume or, mm-hmm. you know, it's don't do anything. Obey. Don't rock the boat. Yeah, obey. Don't rock the boat. Whatever it is. Don't rock the boat. Was I could not one of them. I couldn't think. Don't rock the boat. Just be, just be cool, asshole. man. <laughs> just be cool, man. Comma, man. But period. so the, the very last thing is is because, again because it's the very last thing because it's an '80s movie and it's 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 a B movie. There's got to be just a little bit of nudity. So it's a guy and a girl having sex, and yeah. she's like looking at him like, and he's like, "What's wrong, baby?" And she's like seeing for the first time that he's an alien, and it's a little. Movie goes yeah. to black. It's a fucking great, like, comedic, ironic ending. And you wonder in the real world, people who are, I guess, perpetrating these negative things, like, I don't think they knowingly are doing it. Well, so give, give like, us an example. In, like, well, like, in the movie, the people who are aliens, like, they know that they're aliens. And they yes, know that they're doing yes. everything. I think somebody who's on a news show, like, coverage of mass shootings is awful. Right. Highlighting the per- every single yeah, time, the number yeah. one thing you see is psychologically, this is what creates more people wanting to be mass yeah, shooters. They want right. to be is on turning TV. them into television Mar- stars. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so every time that comes out and a news story happens and they cover it the same way, I don't think the people covering it are saying, I'm knowingly creating more mass shooters. No. I, I guess not. It's just an assignment from their boss, probably. And they just, yeah. just carry it. And even it out. their boss, I don't think they're, I think the thought is, I just think it's either neg- negligent but in general things like or uh consumer culture advertising target, yeah. like any yeah. of the stuff that we whatever the paranoid movie that could be made now would be what would the topic of that would be is something that's being done by i think kind of unknowing no yeah well, I, people, I, I, very I think, few people are evil and knowingly no, evil and, it's a cliche that like if yeah. you if you have a hammer everything looks like a nail yeah. if your job is to disseminate information Correct. and get people to sit there and watch that's what, that's that. what you do if a big thing happens you're going to report on it if you, i mean have you guys got, like have you gone back and like watched local news Recently, like just not not, not the like the twenty four hundred every once in a while I'll when see I'm with some of New York when one. I'm with my parents like that's what they like my parents still like they watch Jeopardy they watch Wheel of Fortune they watch yeah. Channel Seven News and it it's like these like cheesy like 
you know, these like local stories, like, you know, local pizzeria owner, you know, rescues Girl Scouts, something like that. But it's like, it's just people like to just sit there and watch these stories. It's, it's a type of entertainment. It's an escape from your reality. And, and people want to feel, my mom, when I was a kid, we'd watch a Rescue 911 was a show where they would reenact 911 calls. Yeah. And she'd be sitting there on edge, be like, oh my God, I can't believe this girl, she almost died in the fire. And I'm like, she's like, how? And I'm like, mom, you're doing this to yourself. Like, you're yeah. getting worked up because you're watching well, this TV why, show. That's why I watch sports. You're yeah, like creating true. an emotional rollercoaster for yourself. But for yep. me, at least, it's why I enjoy sports more than some things like watching a rescue 911 because it's actually it's no, there's no stakes. Yes. Yeah. It's, not, it's not that it's fake. Like, well, no, real. it's real, but it, there's no stakes. You're but, right. Yeah. yeah, if my bracket doesn't work out in March Madness, no one dies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and it, it, it was funny. I was just thinking about the ending of this movie. Like, one of the like, John Carpenter is a master of. He ends these movies where it's like, you know, there, there's no neat pat ending. Like, the monster still lives. Yeah. So, like, I think Halloween is one of the greatest endings of all time. So, he, you know, Michael Myers is killed. He goes over a railing. He's on the grass. He's dead. Uh, uh, Donald Pleasance goes back, checks on Jamie Lee Curtis. Are you okay? And then he goes back to the window, and Michael Myers is gone. And immediately yeah. that Michael Myers music starts. It's yeah. like, the, you never kill the monster. Yeah. The monster's always there. And even even the the and, end of and this is cynical. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you know, but, but I love that. But that's and yeah. that's and that's the difference between like sort of like horror directors or these like B movie directors. They're not making mass appeal. You know, most the uh, movies that are made for mass audiences, people want to feel good when they leave the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. they don't want to feel like that the world is shit and right, that the Hollywood what right. they do doesn't matter and everything. But people who who are steer towards these sort of movies. They, it, it is. It's kind of part of the conspiracy. Yeah. That actually, actually, the bad guys are going to win in the end. And this, I think, this movie, even though it kind of makes a joke of it at the end, you know, the average. That's the the, I, yeah. the bad guys are us. Like that, I think yeah. that the point of this movie is, yeah, he's using a, a, sci- a sci-fi trope. But at the end of the day, it's we don't have to worry about aliens invading us. We're the bad guys. Yeah, I do like movies where it's like my favorite movie. We're allowed to bring up other movies outside of, course, of what we're talking of about. Um, Not allowed. My favorite movie ever. Yeah, my favorite movie ever is Gladiator. Okay. okay. Um, and that's it has a little bit of like you know he dies in the end. He gets yeah. killed by the bad guy. Yeah. But there is the you know he's going to be with his family. Like it's a sad ending, but it's also he is the good guy, and he's not necessarily winning. But it's like you're just seeing that there are good guys and bad guys, and things don't always work out the way they should necessarily. Yeah, his family right. was killed. Like that's it's not all happy ending, but it they found a way to make it a happy ending where they see each other in the afterlife. Yeah. Wait, so right. you kind of address the fact that yeah, shit happens, but also being good is still the thing to do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 I think that in this movie, Roddy Piper has no choice. But yeah. once he knows what's going on, yeah, he's either gonna he be, becomes obsessed with yeah, that he, immediately. He, he's either gonna be yeah. a traitor to humanity, or he has he knows he's gonna have to sacrifice himself, yeah. yeah, to do the right thing. And that's I mean that's well, a, he immediately starts shooting people. So it's like, but it's like, it's okay. like he was wa- he was waiting. He's like, I've been waiting for an excuse to start yeah, shooting seems people. Like it, so yeah. it's, it's funny. It's it's like you know, you know. It's like a guy who you know his career didn't really work out, and he's like looking for purpose. Like he find he finds his purpose yeah. in killing in killing aliens. He does, and yeah. it's awesome. And it's again, that's why that's why such a simple premise for a movie. I think it's really effective, and I think it's a really enjoyable movie. And it's still, despite what Alex says, one of my favorite movies. It's enjoyable. It wasn't one of my favorites. I got to be honest, yeah. but it, it was enjoyable. I but, liked I liked it a lot. Yeah, but Matt, it's been great having you on. Yeah, I, I, knew, I knew you were going to bring uh, your your body of knowledge. Yes. To the podcast, which is exciting. And I'm glad that, that we picked this movie to talk about because obviously you have a lot of connection 
to uh, to it. But is there anything else you want to talk about besides um, what we brought I'm, up already? Uh, not just plugs, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah go yeah. ahead. Do, Comedy yeah. Fight NYC on nice. Instagram and Twitter every Wednesday at ten thirty on Gas Digital, and subscribe with the promo code CFC for a fourteen day free trial and the podcast Comedy Fight Club podcast Stitcher iTunes wherever you get podcasts. All right, we'll link all that too in the description. Perfect. And Peter, you got anything? Uh, I can't think right now. I, I mean, I do want to shout out to the the morning show with Bill Schultz and Joanne. Yeah, Nochinsky, Joanne Nochinsky. Yeah, I used to watch them on Fox News Red Eye. At Red Eye. I, yeah. I, I like I like both of them. We yes. had a, we had a great time on. So on that's show. on available on Compound Media. It's, yes, it's archives. It was uh, it was streamed live on Thursday. I yes, believe, but, but it'll it'll our be, names are in the episode. It'll still be on the archive, so that yeah. was exciting to do. And then uh, look for many more new good things from Fight, uh, from Fight Club, from uh, Kill You Last. Both. Uh, and uh, I have, um, <clears throat> we did our monthly show at V-Spot. Uh, Peter hosted. It was great. Uh, we got a date for April, so April 24th. Nice. Wednesday at 7 o'clock, me and Dean David, aggressively chill number four. Uh, uh, we got TJ Miller as a headliner, so we're oh, gonna, no yeah, we're awesome. gonna, we just confirmed that, so we're gonna figure out the rest of the lineup. But yeah, come out if you want to see TJ Miller, I guess, and and, nice. and me and Dean, and uh, I kiss him at the end of every show, so it's it's fun. Um, but come anyway, yeah, yeah despite yeah. that. Well, it's he's and a, then, Dean's a hot kid, and then Dean hits that. you with a chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dean's got little arms; he can't. Do that. <laughs> me and Dean wrestled once. Oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh, he did. Oh, he's yeah. doing like a video series. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> On his web series, so he, definitely look that Dean up. Is so you, tiny. YouTube that. Dean challenges you. He challenged me to a wrestling match. At yeah. the time, I was I lost some weight. I had surgery recently, so I lost some weight. I'm down yeah. like 20, 30 pounds. But at the time, you I was look good. Dude. I was a hundred pounds heavier than him at the time. Wow. Well, yeah, but he's only a hundred and twenty pounds. I know. I was. Like, two, I was two twenty. You were like two twenty. Yeah. That's not that bad. But as 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 far as wrestling goes. Far out of his own weight class. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's it. Um, anything else you want to say to that's them? That's it. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.